Welcome to From the Hawk's Nest. I'm your host, Matt Bergman. And today my guest is Jim Mooney. He's a 1970 QU graduate uh, where he earned a history degree. Jim has been a successful entrepreneur and was CEO, president, and chairman of the OM Group based out of Cleveland, Ohio. Jim is well-seasoned with international business and has received various honors, including Entrepreneur of the Year and the George S. Dively Entrepreneurship Award by the Harvard Business School Club. He is also a former QU board member. He's been our alumnus of the year, a Golden Hawk, and just a faithful supporter of university and uh, our current QU Fund co-chair, along with his wonderful wife, Mary. So, Jim, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us. It's always great to be with you, Matt, and at Quincy University. Well, let's start uh, in the present and, and what you're working on right now. I know you're always involved in, in something different. What projects and business, business activities are taking up your time these days? Okay. Well, we have a number of projects going on at the same time. So I work with a finance company. I'm a partner and a director, and we're based out of Europe. Uh, we have offices in Switzerland, uh, Spain, and Turkey, and then also in Naples, Florida. But the current projects that I'm working on right now is we're buying gold mines throughout the world. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it's a very interesting thing because uh, if you look at different currencies throughout the world today, uh, most of them are based on the U.S. dollar, which is a fiat currency. And our currency up until 1972 or 73 was based on gold. So basically, we're gathering gold mining deposits and looking forward to creating a stable coin based on gold. So it would be a gold currency based and backed up totally by the gold unlike a cryptocurrency that's really not backed up by anything as we saw at FTX. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Well, that's so very, the current project. very, very cool. Um, you, you founded the OM group in Cleveland, Ohio. Tell us what kind of business that was and, and, and what you were doing when you were there. Well, it was an interesting story. Uh, I'm one of 14 children uh, my parents uh, from Ireland, and uh, their parents were from Ireland, obviously. And they started a company, my father started a company called Mooney Chemicals. And it got to be about $2 million to $5 million in revenue. And it was a strong enough business to actually put all 14 of us through college. And we all finished another under four years. Wow. And many of us went to graduate school. Then I took over the company at about $5 million, bought my brothers and sisters out, and then built the company from $5 million to $4.5 billion, putting it number 331 on the Fortune 500. I think I'm probably one of the only graduates in Quincy University to put somebody on the Fortune 500 list. Uh, but wow. it, was a great, it was a great experience. Uh, we were the number one producer of cobalt, which, as you know, is used for batteries and all green technology. Uh, we had 42% of the cobalt market in the world. We also did precious metals, platinum, palladium, silver, and gold, and within green technology there, providing the uh, formula for catalytic converters. 
And we were the third largest uh, catalytic converter uh, processor in the world. So it was, uh, we had 48 plants all over the world. The interesting thing is you learned a lot about the culture, you learned a lot about the people, learned a lot about uh, finance and currencies, but you also learn a, a lot about how to give back. And I think that was one of the nicest things that we were able to do. Uh, we always gave the maximum amount we could to our employees, our associates, we call them. They received 15% of their earnings in their 401k, and they were directly uh, fully vested within five years, which is highly unusual. We had our own uh, health insurance program to uh, keep our costs down for all of our associates throughout the world. Uh, we opened up uh, medical centers. We opened up brought in food in Africa, in the Congo, to feed our employees and take care of them medically. In addition to that, opening markets, free markets, so that people could bring their goods in and sell them. In addition to that, I was very active in starting the Africa Yoga Project, uh, which was a six, very big success in training young adults to become into the service industry. And many of them, of course, taught yoga, but many others went into fitness training, went into working for hotels and service and the tourist industry. So it was a great training background and it was a great opportunity to help others. So how so long? Company, oh, go ahead. No, the company really gave me a broad based spectrum of what I wanted to do in my life. And I'm grateful for it. And how many years did you run that company? Uh, 1976 to 2005. Wow. Very, very impressive. And, and then you sold the company and uh, moved on. Um, no, it was interesting. I didn't sell the company. Uh, I actually got fired from the company. <laughs> and they and they went bankrupt within five years after firing me because we had a very big difference on the strategy. They weren't in favor of the strategy of keeping the employees number one, and they weren't in, in favor of a real good healthcare program. So it caught the, uh, I would say the trend in that time was to maximize the dollar and uh, let everything else go to the wayside. Obviously, it was a flawed strategy. Yeah, but absolutely. I was very fortunate. I went on and I started another business in China, buying uh, copper mines for the Chinese because they lacked, uh, they didn't have any copper production and they used 52% of the copper in the world. So I went out and started my own company and we bought two mines uh, for over $13 billion. And that got me into another sector of uh, business, which is in the precious metals and mines, buying mines, which is what we're doing right now. You know, you obviously have spent your whole career as an entrepreneur. What, uh, what sort of advice would you have? What type of a person does it take to, to go down that road? Well, I, that's a good question because every entrepreneur, I think, goes through this they have the thunder. In other words, they think this is going to be great. And then they get into it and they blunder. They, they make mistakes. And then you have critical issues and you plunder. You're almost going to go under. You've almost lost everything. And then you either make it or you don't. 
And so I was very grateful to have a great team around me and we were able to make it and build it and create a lot of opportunities for over 6,500 associates throughout the world. And the stats, I, I think, if I have this right, are, are really not in people's favor for being an entrepreneur. I mean, is, isn't it, there's a certain amount of, I can't remember what it is, but a certain amount of small businesses that fail in the first few years. 80% of businesses fail in the first two years. Wow. Higher, higher than I even thought. So, I mean, it's obviously a risk, but if you're willing to put in the time and um, uh, make the tough decisions, uh, the rewards are there. You have to have a relentless passion. And uh, it's, uh, it, you sacrifice a lot by doing it. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, some of my family members and the children uh, I wasn't able to be with at the time that I was growing the company because I, in some years I traveled 200 nights a year. So, you know, it takes a toll on you. And it, uh, it's also a very rewarding situation too. Uh, you have to have your faith. You have to believe in what you're doing is the right thing. You have to believe you have a gift from God and you're, and you're managing that gift and making that gift the best you can. You have to love your family. You have to realize that you're not perfect and do the best you can to help and provide for them. And there's also giving back too. Uh, a big part of me was, uh, I always thought about this and I want to protect the afflicted, but I also want to afflict the protected hmm. to wake them up, to show them there are needs in society that have to be addressed and in a positive way. So those were sort of the uh, fire in my belly, the relentlessness that I had in, in building the business, which was fun, by the way. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was uh, just exciting to be a part of all those different uh, ventures throughout, throughout your life. Let's take a brief break here. And when we come back, we're going to talk more with Jim about his time at QU and discuss more about his uh, beliefs about service and giving back. Stay with us. You're listening to From the Hawk's Nest. Hey, QU alum. We want to stay connected with you. Tell us what's happening in your life and your career. Let us know when you move and update your email address. Share when you change jobs, receive a promotion, or have other accomplishments and recognitions. And yes, we want to know when you get married and when you have a baby and make additions to your family. Hey, and you can always contact us just to say hello. Feel free to send pictures of yourself or others which may be of interest to the Quincy University community. Stay connected with us through various social media like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And welcome back to From the Hawk's Nest. I'm your host, Matt Bergman, and we're chatting with Jim Mooney, a 1970 QU grad who has done a number of things around the world, really, uh, as an entrepreneur uh, and an owner of businesses and uh, just a lot of great stuff. And Jim, you have a belief in, in giving back. We've talked about that a little bit. Um, you've also done some of that giving back right here at Quincy University, QU Fund, the QU and U Golf Tournament, athletics, scholarships, and currently you and your wife, Mary, are the chairpersons for this year's QU Fund Drive campaign. Can you tell us a little bit about what motivates you to support your alma mater? Well, I think it starts with the 
Franciscan way of being, of giving, uh, and giving in a kind way. And I think Quincy University has done that over the years with its culture. I think Brian, as the new president of the university, has done an outstanding job bringing this culture into the university. In addition to that, the city of Quincy has been a beautiful supporter of a great small university. And I think it's on the cusp right now, just like the entrepreneur, the thunder, blunder, and plunder, we've gone through the thunder, blunder, and plunder. And Brian McGee is bringing this out, and so is Ralph Oakley. So I think you have a great team to start with. They have a good culture and a fine support with the university students, which I'm very proud of. I'm sure during, um, you know, the promotion of the QU fund and stuff, I'm sure you've probably taken some text and phone calls from your fellow alums and friends. Have you, have you gotten any uh, encouraging response? I think it's always encouraging. Uh, you have to remember that everybody has a unique situation. And I think it's the most rewarding part is listening to the situations that the people are in. And then even though they can't give as much as they would like, because they may have a number of grandchildren, they may have a health problem, uh, they may have a, you know, insecurity about uh, retirement or paying for university uh, bills for their children. So you have to be cognizant of where they are. But what always comes out is the kindness and the gratitude they have for Quincy University and the opportunity to go to school and meet nice people that are life, lifelong friends. And that's what I have at Quincy University. There's about 20 of us that still get together every year uh, and we celebrate each other's friendship. And uh, as they say, you can pick your friends, but you can't always pick your family. So it's a lot <laughs> easier to, to, to work around. So I feel that Quincy University has a lot of friends. <laughs> and, and that's a lot. I know some of your friends. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know what I have to put up with. I know. <laughs> well, we could probably do a whole separate podcast on those guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, you know, and I know you've hosted uh, personal alumni events, get-togethers with your friends down in Florida, um, but you're also hosting some general alumni events uh, that you've done in the past. I know I was down for one we did maybe six or seven years ago, and, and we're doing another one uh, in about a month. And um, why do you think it's important to get together like that? I, I think it creates a culture, and a culture is really critical to enhance what the university is. The university is more than just a four-year institution. The university is a way of being. And I think that when you get together with the alumni, it always makes you very happy to see the people that have carved their life in their family, in their faith, and in their careers, and where they are now. And the nice thing about getting together is that people are willing to share where they're at so that you can enhance where they're at if they have difficulty or they have an opportunity 
or they have some thoughts on how you might want to uh, figure something out. So it's, it's a good way of networking with fine people and high integrity. And I would be remiss if I did not mention that we have set a very lofty goal this year for the annual fund, QU Fund, uh, which is $1.3 million. That's $100,000 more than last year's goal. Um, why are you confident that we'll reach that goal? Well, I'm never confident on any goal until we reach it. <laughs> but I can tell you this, uh, with the support of Brian McGee and the support of the Quincy uh, City fathers that have supported us for the years and the alumni making strides. And of course, the most important thing is what Brian McGee and his team has done with improving the university status and performance makes it much easier to raise money. Agreed. Absolutely. Well, let's go back to your time when it was Quincy College many years ago. What was the campus life like? Maybe share some of your favorite memories. Well, that's really interesting. Probably the nicest memories I have is the group of guys that we palled around with. There were 11 of us. And actually, I think nine of us ended up having our own businesses. So we were a very entrepreneurial group, uh, which uh, has really been well, you know, Bob Herdman ended up becoming co-chairman of Ernst & Young. Patrick Henning was a phenomenal musician and taught in in a beautiful career. Uh, And when he retired, he had a number of his musicians show up for his retirement party, about 125 of them, put on the most beautiful concert. They flew in from all over the world. Wow. They were in the Philharmonic in New York and in London and in Tokyo. So those are the kind of things that you remember about your friends. Uh, Dick Scott, who's, you know, Mm -hmm. on the board and has done a beautiful job um, with his academic background at universities. Jerry Murphy, who's got a fine private education background and total love for the school and what it stands for. Um, Alan Janya, who passed away. An envelope company, very successful entrepreneur and very loving to the university. Mm -hmm. So I was blessed with a good group of friends. And that friendship has stayed together. Uh, As a matter of fact, we just had dinner. We celebrate Martin Luther King weekend. And I have a dream. And this has been our dream. The Quincy dream is the same as Martin Luther King's. I have a dream. And we strive to make that successful, and share it with others. Well, speaking of sharing, what advice would you have for current QU students, uh, maybe especially the ones that are preparing to graduate this May? Well, number one, have a strong faith. Number two, be relentless at what you want to be. Find your gift that you have. Everyone has a gift. Whether it's being the best firefighter, being the best teacher, being the best garbage collector, being the best doctor, being the best attorney, being the best business person, whatever it is, take that gift with a passion and be relentless. And never forget 
your humble beginnings in your faith and helping others. Jim, what are some moments or maybe even some people in your life or in your career uh, that you value the most? Oh, boy. Uh, Business or personal? I'd say either. I mean, whichever's had the biggest impact on you. Well, no doubt about personal. My mother and father were the biggest influences on me. Uh, It was funny because (laughs) I have to laugh at it. The first time I was ever with my parents alone was when I went to Quincy University. (laughs) Because being one of 14, you were never alone with your parents. And if you were alone with your father, it was because you got caught doing something (laughs) bad. Wow. (laughs) So I... So I asked my older brother, Bob, who went to, who went to St. Louis and uh, graduated in aeronautical engineering. I said, Bob, what's the deal? And he goes, oh, Jim, it's fine. You'll just sit, sit back and enjoy it. He said, They're fine. They're really nice people. And I, I always <laughs> laughed about that. Nobody would ever believe the first time I was with my parents alone was going to Quincy University. Wow. <laughs> That's so they, they were strong influences. Mother Teresa, if you have an outside influencer, mm-hmm. you know, she was the person of the century. She was remarkable. She was she had clarity in how she thought. So that would be a strong influence. Uh, I did have personal uh, Ray Corey at the Harvard Business School was a great mentor for me uh, to build my business. Uh, and then there's other people that were also very, very critical in the stages of building the business. But uh, I was blessed with, uh, with a good background, and I had nice support, wonderful support. You can never forget all the people, and I'm grateful for all the people that I worked with uh, and helped them in their careers, even after I left OM. Uh, those are the kinds of things that are very rewarding when you can help others mm-hmm. start their own business and uh, or whatever they had uh, an issue with. Uh, if I could be part of it and help them through it, losing a child, uh, having a health problem. Those are the kind of things that are really the stick out the most in a career. Well, Jim, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us on the show. Yes, there's one other thing that oh, sure. I've been really very blessed with, and my wife, Mary, um, she uh, is a graduate of St. Louis uh, Law School and MBA. She ran a $2 billion hedge fund. Uh, she now has her own telco company, and uh, she also does litig- uh, legal work for Mass Group, which is my partnership, and she's active at Quincy University now. Yep. And she's going to do a phenomenal job bringing it to the next level, I can assure you. Yes. So I'm really proud of the commitment that she's made to the university. I mean, everybody in my office just loves Mary. Yeah, if you're not, if you're not on the other side, they all love her. <laughs> <laughs> She's a relentless litigator, too, I might add. <laughs> I mean, no offense, Jim, but I think they might like her in my office better than you. I would agree that, that is a, that's the first sign of a smart office, Matt. I like who you follow. I know uh, several of them have copies of her book on their desk. So, um, you know, I know I don't know if they've started reading it yet, but uh, it's on the list. 
it was on the bestsellers list for two weeks. So that's a, that's a good book. And she did a national tour and she shares a lot in that book, which is a, a beautiful thing. That's wonderful. Because it's not so easy when you have struggles and you come out on the other end shining like she does. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jim, thank you so much for all you do for QU and for joining us today. Thank you, Matt. I'm really grateful for the opportunity to share with you and uh, look forward to being with you again soon. As you know, we have a, uh, a gathering here in February and hope many of the alumni, younger and older, show up so that we can have a wonderful time sharing each other's experiences. Thank you. Thank you. And be sure to join in next time for another episode of From the Hawk's Nest, where we learn about QU faculty, staff, Franciscan friars, and alumni stories about their journey and time at QU. I'm Matt Bergman, and it's always a great day to be a hawk.